0: Hi, I'm Rob Villeneuve, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Teaching your team to give positive and negative feedback in a thoughtful, respectful, and professional manner is key to engagement. When you lay these kinds of ground rules, you avoid defensiveness and attacks, and instead bring everyone together to recognize and act on valuable feedback. Employees feel safe hearing negative feedback when they know it will be delivered thoughtfully, and they feel safe giving negative feedback when they know there won't be repercussions. The key takeaway? With ground rules in place, you can celebrate and embrace negative feedback as we do at Revel. It leads to the most meaningful change.
1: Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada.
2: Is your startup financially fit? Join 10,000 entrepreneurs across Canada building financial foundations with Intuit QuickBooks. Attend a startup foundations workshop online or in a startup community near you and receive a free one-year subscription to QuickBooks Online. Visit www.startupcan.ca forward slash finance today to register.
1: You need to be available when a customer needs to reach you. Business depends on it. Rogers Unison provides the powerful features of a traditional desk phone in a simplified and truly mobile solution. No apps to download and launch. No mobile data usage charges for phone calls. No need to pay for unused landlines or desk phones. And the ability to route incoming calls to whoever's available. No more missed calls. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash unison.
2: Paid faster, create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca/smallbusiness. A real entrepreneur with a gourmet burger business, serving up real questions with a dash of reality. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, and now broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Rivers Corbett.
0: Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers and change makers across the country. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to visit the iTunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. dot coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. All right. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rivers Corbett. This is the Startup Canada podcast show. And uh, get ready. Buckle your seats because we're connecting with Paul Stevenson today. And you're saying, all right, who's Paul Stevenson? Well, I'm going to tell you. He's the proud owner, co-owner and managing partner of referralmortgages.com. He is also the founder of the Orleans Power Team and a co-host of Growcast, which is a podcast focused on connecting thought leaders around the globe. He has incredible insight and experience in the finance sector, having previously worked eight years for TD Bank Financial Group as a financial advisor and investment representative. Oh, boys, I want to talk about how he bridged that career to the one he's doing now. He has an inspiring story to tell us today about how he left the banking world to kickstart a life as an entrepreneur, changing Canada's real estate landscape through creative tools, resources, and software. Today's podcast, Paul's going to take us on a journey to show us what it's like to leave the comfort of his day-to-day job and start a new life as an entrepreneur, as well as teach our listeners a thing or two about the business world. Paul, it's great to have you in the studio today.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Rivers. I'm excited to be here.
0: Right on. So let's dive right back into it. So take us back, my friend, to where it all began. Where What made you interested in starting your own business in the first place? I mean, come on. The good Pushy old days. Job. The good old days, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Yes. The good old days where every two weeks was just magic and showed up into your bank account, the money. <laughs> that's it. No, for me, I yeah. mean,
2: the, the, you know, people on that note, you know, people always talk about the good old days, and I feel like for me, there was sort of this realization and we'll get a bit more into it. I, I fell into uh kind of a hole myself and in, in life, you know, where okay. I, I felt numb and so on. And, and I started to realize, you know, the good old days are not uh, the fifties or sixties or the 1800s, you know, the good old days are, are now today, you know, right, like I need to right. need to start living more for the moment. And I was just constantly mm-hmm. thinking about what had just happened or where I wanted to be or where, where I thought I should be and so on. And I wasn't actually living for that moment. So I just got mm. to a point in my, in my career, um, you know, where I just said, I, I got to, manage my time better. I got to manage my life better. I got to get my, my stuff together, get my life in order. And I just looked at where I was and, and kind of reflected on that and realized that I was in the position I was, or, or in the career I was pretty much out of necessity. Uh, right. and I wanted to How old were you
0: when you're going, to, when you're going through this epiphany, sorry to interrupt. How, okay. old, uh, how, how old were you?
2: I was 29. So okay. yeah. Cool. So, yep. you know, I, I'd kind of gone through my twenties, uh, through various mm-hmm. jobs. i had been at TD for some time at that point. Uh, but I had my daughter when I was really young, which really kind of forced mm-hmm. me into the workforce. Right. And, yep, uh, fair enough. and from that, that kind of forced me to, I was still trying to advance my career, but really just going with what made sense at that time. So a door would open, mm. i jumped through it. A window would open, i jumped through that. So I never mm. really took the time to actually say, what do I actually want to do on a day-to-day basis? Right. So this was the first time right. where I really had that real self-reflection where I said, I got to do something more for myself. that's going to make me happy and, and really kind of transcend to my children and to the people around me and mm. so on.
0: Mm you know it's uh, it, it's so interesting when we struggle to make those decisions or really don't give them the respect that they that they should have and you know one of the questions I, I when I'm working with with entrepreneurs and so on that are going through that that epiphany stage that life-changing moment and you mentioned about having your daughter and my question always back is back to them what would you tell your child or children to do and it's always Follow your dreams and listen to that voice, but why society? You know, kind of, kind of tells us no. You shouldn't do that. You should be happy with where you're at, type of thing. So, I applaud you for listening to your voice at uh, at a, at a young age with all that responsibility. I and mean, that that still had to be, uh, you know, uh, was it was it scary when you ultimately made that move, even though you had the uh, the the epiphany you were comfortable with?
2: Yeah, I mean, having previously worked at TD, uh, you know, it was it was difficult. To, to leave such a, a familiar or, or comfortable job, you might say, because I'd been doing it for so long. Every day I'd wake up, it's the same drive-in. I'd be dealing with the same people, same clients, same day-to-day operations. So you really become... Uh, you have a kind of a robot mentality, right? Like I'd, I'd wake up, I'd usually be late because I had no motivation to actually get out of bed in the morning. I'd uh, mm-hmm. be dragging ass to work and then I'd get there and be looking at my calendar and you know, you're basically just waiting for five o'clock or six o'clock or whenever it is to come so you can punch yeah. out and get back to quote unquote, you know, real life. And I wanted to yeah. kind of bridge that gap where I could be, you know, I could be living my real life the whole day instead of just for the yeah. three hours at night when you're exhausted and really have no energy to, to do anything <laughs> that you want to do, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. now looking back on that, I, I noticed that it was, you know, I was, I, it did become routine. It was static. I was numb, mundane, like, you know, all those adjectives, unsatisfying, all the things that, uh, that you hear about. I mean, that I was living that and I, I just yeah. never, you know, that, that aha moment, as you said, was really at a point where I had hit kind of rock bottom because of just this, this numbness you know like i literally yeah. felt nothing and i just it was almost a craving to feel something again that drove me yeah. to to wow. take this risk
0: yeah, I love it. Yeah, and, and and I'm going to tell you, there's people across the country right now in this podcast that are nodding their head. They're <laughs> saying either two things. One is, yeah, I can relate. And there's others that say, yeah, I can relate, and I better listen. So uh, I love that you started off this uh, this conversation with uh, expressing that. And I, I'm I'm interested in referralmortgages.com. And a little on later down the script, they reference it, but I want to dive into it now because it sounds such a such as a, a, a very well, I love the name first of all, and uh, I'm interested in what was the problem uh, that you guys were trying to solve. You're a co-founder of that group uh, when you when you started it.
2: Yeah, so for us, I mean, coming from a finance background, and I mean, my, my my father's an account, my sister's an account. I mean, I just I've always been around numbers, so they've just always made right. sense to me. Math always came easy. So, being in finance, especially, I. I saw that the banking industry as a whole was still kind of a little bit behind the curve. You know, we see technology growing, all these tech companies coming out, uh, especially even out of Canada, you know, with Shopify and some of these companies, mm. you just see all this growth and you're thinking, well, this is, this is crazy that the banking industry is still so archaic. So when we started to look at options, I mean, the, it was a really simple and, and easy transition to go from, you know, financing and, and investing to mortgages, because I mean, I was already doing that, but at that point it was only maybe one tenth of my job, whereas now I was was diving into it full time. So for me, I I noticed that there was a need for people to be educated on the process of acquiring financing to buy a home because it's a very, you know, people just don't know. People don't have, it's not something you deal with. You deal with it maybe once every five years. So, I mean, even people that have bought homes before don't truly know the process or they've forgotten or they might know bits and pieces. But, uh, you know, for us, we wanted to really educate people and make it easy for people to, to acquire financing and not be a stressful transaction or process. So, you know, our slogan, which is, it's, I love it now. We thought of it early on, but is real mortgages, (laughs) real fast, made simple. And and I mean, that's really the, the key to online businesses is you want something that makes it easier for people to get. Um, easy for people to learn and also making it simple for them so that they're they're not stressing about the process or wondering what's coming next or who they're supposed to talk to. We really kind of take them in at the beginning, hold their hand and make sure that it is an easy process for them. And, you know, a lot of people, because it's a dot com think, oh, well, I don't feel comfortable doing my financing online. But really, I mean, our initial concept was this will just give us a wider reach where people across the country can acquire financing from us. But also it's because people are online all the time. It just it's a memorable name. You know, it's a referral business. Mm -hmm. Real estate's a Referral business, so referral mortgages made sense, and having the .com and the name just made it that much easier for us to be um, to be relevant or credible because people, you know, we we get a lot of hits on the site because it's right in the name. People are like, well, let me check them out, let me see what they're doing, and then they're educating themselves, and that's what we want. We, we want to be a resource for that information so that they're educated, and when they start talking to us, they kind of already have an idea as to what what to expect.
0: Right. Can, can you take us through that real simple experience that they have when they go to uh, to your business?
2: Sure. I mean, for us, um, you know, we, we're we dealing with all sorts of stuff. So we do residential and commercial. So, I mean, totally different uh-huh. buying processes and buying... Uh uh, buying life cycles. But for us, I mean, the typical, let's say first time home buyer, a lot of the times they, they look at the house first, you know, no one's looking at a nice shiny brand new mortgage, right? They want to see the shiny brand new kitchen, the washroom, (laughs) that sort of thing. So they're drawn (laughs) to the house first. So a lot of the times when we get clients, they've already found a home or, or they have a home in mind, or at least a price range in mind that they want to shop in. So for us, a lot of, a lot of our job early on is kind of tempering their expectations and letting them know, like, this is, this is what your expectations are. But when we actually look at your finances or your, your, overall picture, there might be kind of new, new realizations that you didn't think of previously. So so for us, a lot of it is just kind of getting an idea as to where clients are at what they can expect uh, or what they expect. And then kind of giving them, sometimes it's a reality check. Other times it's, oh, you guys are actually able to buy more than what you thought. So there's just different conversations early on. But for us, because we work much like an insurance broker, we actually have 40 banks that we have relationships with and we've built built those relationships. So for us, when a client comes in, we analyze every aspect of their situation, whether they've been divorced, separated, whether they have kids, uh, you know, different car loans, student debts, everything. I mean, everything comes into play when you're talking about uh, mortgage financing. So with the the availability of having credit unions trust companies major banks everything under one roof we can really give them the full gambit of of options as opposed to just kind of pigeonholing them into one fixed product so yeah so us for us i guess from a, a macro level we really take clients in, we, we analyze everything that's going on and what their goals are in real estate, you know, whether they're looking to move in five years, whether they want to maybe transition this into a rental property in the future, all these things are need to be considered when you're choosing the right mortgage product. And we kind of pride ourselves on making sure that we're getting clients into the right product, not for just today, but in five years, two or three years or five, whenever they're renewing their mortgage that they have all doors open that they might want to open down the road.
0: Yeah, so it really is about uh, the depth and the width of of a relationship building with your clients uh, that is one of your competitive advantages. Is that fair to say?
2: Absolutely. And I mean, we found too, I mean, just just because of the name and and again, the nature of the business that we're in, each one of these clients, they're our number one referral source. I mean, every client that we help, that that we really help uh, grow their real estate portfolio or at least get them back in line with where they're trying to get to. They, they right. remember that, and they say, "Listen, these these guys actually helped me get my my stuff back in order, my finances in order, get me back on my feet, whatever the case may be." I mean, there's a lot of clients we help that have Bruce credit or that uh, you know have bankruptcies in the past, and they think there's no way they can get home. So that's rewarding for right. us too to actually be able to get them a solution where they thought there was none. So you know, those sorts of people they're they, they're clients for life. You know, they 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 refer clients to us. They uh, they come to our office. They meet with us all the time. We meet with them for coffee. Uh, one of the best things we've done is annual mortgage checkups. So every year on anniversary dates, we actually meet with clients. We analyze exactly what uh, what their goals are, make sure that everything's up to date. Things change day to day. I mean, especially in this day and age, we have a best the best understanding we've ever had of how quickly things can change. So, you know, you're yeah, talking a five-year yeah. term of a mortgage. So much can change in someone's life um, life situation that we really want to meet with them annually to make sure that everything is still in line and again that just it strengthens that relationship and they really feel like these guys are are actually looking out for my best interest and they know they're in good hands and we we take great pride in that
0: okay so uh what i'm interested in paul you've, you've obviously got a very strong foundational uh business model put together where are you service what's your where's the geographic area you're servicing now and uh, where are you going in the future
2: that's a great question yeah we we are based out of Ottawa obviously our nation's mm-hmm. capital which has been great for us we have actually financed projects all across Canada so we have done some out East we did a couple multi-use uh, commercial financing projects out in the west Coast as well in Victoria which Brilliant. which are sometimes yeah which are sometimes a lot more difficult uh, the one that one specifically was difficult because one of the units there was about 14 commercial units, and then there was six residential units on the top. And what happened is, sorry, the other way around, six commercial units on the bottom, 14 residential units on the top, which are sometimes hard to get financed, on top of the fact that one of the commercial units was actually a cannabis cannabis business. So they were actually educating people on... (laughs) The medicinal benefits of cannabis. So, any time that there was a financing company, you can you know a year or two ago, anytime you even <laughs> yeah. mentioned the word marijuana or cannabis, <laughs> there was a huge you know instant decline. Yeah. So, yeah. so those are sometimes even
0: though they all smoke, exactly even though they're all you know even though they've had it many times. That's, that's it. Yeah.
2: yeah. So there was still that stigma, especially with financing. Like, oh well, you know this is an uh, uh, an unstable industry, I guess at this point. And there was some skepticism there, but we were able to get it done. And and you know those sorts of things, especially being you know four or five provinces away being able to finance that was was rewarding for us because it showed us of that course. we actually have the capacity to to finance complex deals across the country but yes. to, to answer your question i mean the majority of our business comes from ottawa toronto kind of these surrounding areas Yes. but we are able to finance. I mean, Quebec is obviously right beside us here in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, so we have finance stuff in Montreal and different places like Love that. And, uh, yeah. and we're looking to grow nationwide. So, I mean, these sorts of things, yeah. uh, having a, a voice like this where we can actually educate uh-huh. people on on the value of using a broker is is yes. really paramount for our growth.
0: Well, in case you haven't heard it yet, folks, referralmortgages.com. It's that simple. <laughs> so you can go there for sure. So um, I have one more question specifically related to referralmortgages.com and we're going to get into some other things but uh what's what's the play for your company in the startup uh business world is there a play uh how you how can you know is it mentoring what what's what's the role that your company referralmortgages.com can play in that space
2: well we we still have a pretty small team i mean right now we're we're actually just just finished our interviewing process for a new office manager but i mean even with her we're looking at a, a team of eight so i mean we're okay. still a very small team but we all have very defined roles within, within that team. So we're able to scale and grow rapidly. And we have had the ability to do that without, uh, without the bodies, the additional bodies that obviously add overhead and everything else. So for us, I mean, we use a lot of tools. So in the startup space, we use a lot of Canadian based tools that, uh, that help us, you know, collaborate and work together to, to make transactions and, and interactions for clients seamless, we have our own mobile app, which has been hugely advantageous and very well received by our community because it actually empowers clients to play with their own numbers, see how much they can qualify for, actually look at what their monthly payments are, see what their closing costs would be all mm. that so i mean there's a lot of mm. a lot of things that you would normally not have access to that that we've been able to provide to clients so in in as far as the startup space, we do a lot of uh networking so business networking i actually that kind of reverts back to the Orleans power team. So really sharing right. our knowledge and sharing our struggles, successes, challenges that we faced in our first four or five years of operation and sharing that with other startups that, that might be able to learn from that and and help themselves grow and maybe even use some of the tools that we're using to, to help their business grow without having to take on that extra five, 10 people, you know?
0: Yeah, I love it. So, well, okay, nice segue into the Orleans Power Team. Let's uh, let's talk about that. Can you tell us a bit about the about the team?
2: Yeah. So the Orleans Power Team was was conceptualized after myself and two or three other people. We were in a, a few networking groups. Uh, I won't name names, but I mean, there's there's a couple national and international networking groups that are really business focused, referral focused, and and right. I just felt for myself and and my personality and the way that you know the culture of our business. It didn't work with what I was looking to get out of a business networking group. Obviously, everyone's always looking for business. You always want referrals. But for me, those Uh referrals, the good quality referrals, all come from relationships, strong relationships. So I wanted to create something that was not necessarily just a business networking group, but was more of a support group, more of a um, Um. somewhere you could go and actually have a a mastermind with someone, learn from everyone else's experience. So the three of us kind of got together and said, listen, let's, let's put this together. Let's try it out started small we had 4 people we went up to 8 went up to 12 and now we have 25 members and and we're actually capping it um we're going to be capping it soon because the group is getting so large that it's uh it's kind of taken on its own identity right which is which is good but also it's it's a once a week thing so there's only so much we can we can grow before we have to actually create some more structure so you know there's different committees and stuff like that within the group now but the the majority of the group is really to have somewhere to go to actually vent your frustrations talk about the challenges you're having and learning from the people around you because you know there is definitely business being passed around the group but it's not the main focus and that's one thing I disliked most about those other groups is it's so regimented and so Mm -hmm. referral focused that it takes away from the learning experience and and actually connecting with the people that are at the meeting because all you're looking for is that safety in numbers as opposed to strengthening your relationships, which for me, as I said, is one of the most important aspects of receiving referrals from someone is building that personal connection.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really important, and uh, and and having the opportunity to talk about challenges and so on. So let's go keep kind of talking about the Orleans Power Team because you know one of the questions we wanted to talk to you about is obstacles that you're facing as an entrepreneur. What I'm interested in is that, but as it relates to the dialogue around the Orleans Power Team, is there is out of those discussions, is there any gems that, or even just one gem? Them, you would say because of the dialogue around uh, within that group um, my organization was helped or we were able to help another another group uh, because of uh, the advice we gave them
2: yeah so for me I would say the biggest, I guess obstacle or something that I that has the OPT or the Orleans Power Team has, has helped me overcome is I was always striving for balance. So when I first got into entrepreneurship, I always heard about balance, work-life balance. Mm. You know, that's kind of when you're, when I was working at TD, they're like, oh, we're, you know, we're very big on work-life balance. You have to have a balance, balance, balance. <laughs> and so I was constantly striving for this balance. And what I found is that I, I eventually flatlined and I heard this great analogy right. where they said, you know, when things are balanced, the line is straight. You know, and when you look at a heartbeat, right. Your you know, your heartbeat is always going down, up and down, up and down. So I started to to try and, and at least try to achieve rhythm as opposed to balance. So love it. Yeah. So rhythm was one of those things. So now I always say people like, Oh, how are things going? I'll be like, oh, I'm in a really good rhythm, you know, as opposed to like, oh, I'm feeling balanced, you know? Dude. Because yes, it's I love it. You, you have the ups and downs, but understanding the fact that there's those ups and downs and riding that wave, it that is really the hardest obstacle. Yeah. And knowing that, knowing how to overcome that and having that support where you can go once a week and say, this is where I'm at. I'm on a downslope, you know? And then you have someone yeah. just say one thing or give you one different perspective on something and it, it kicks you right back into the upslope. So it's it's yeah. allowed me to find a better rhythm, but also get out of those slumps a lot faster
0: love it thank you for sharing that yeah it is such a stupid 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 comment and you think it's stupid I do about this work-life balance because first of all isn't work part of your life so you know it's it's it doesn't even make sense in that regard and and it is all just life when you get right down to it and uh, and how it ultimately relates to your joy along the way so I, it's the first time I've ever heard it referred to as rhythm so I appreciate that. that's a that's a jewel and I know that the folks are across the country nodding their heads again saying wow this is pretty cool stuff so uh, let's let's uh, let's kind of talk about growcast can you can you explain how the program has has taken this little you've taken this little seed of an idea to become a local podcast to becoming an international platform for entrepreneurs to share their their thoughts and their views kind of as if you ask me a little bit of a competition for this podcast actually
2: <laughs> no and you know what i i, I would honestly encourage anyone anyone who is interested in connecting with people to just start their own podcast like i know it sounds crazy but it's such a good way to to talk to people honestly the doors that have opened through growcast are are i could have never expected when we started it give us an example
0: give us an example of one if you can you don't just say names but just want to respect what's happened with it
2: absolutely yeah no more so just you know when you There's there's certain people when we first started it, we made a list of uh, targeted guests, like people that we would just think are are completely outside our realm of possibility to acquire as guests. And then you realize as you start, so I guess going back, the reason why we started was really just to connect with insightful business leaders, right? And people who Uh seem to be crushing life in general and and people that we wanted to learn from. So the people that came on as guests they loved the experience so much that they basically told other people and said, Hey, you should go on the show. And then, you know, we basically (laughs) have been able because of that to be able to book some, some good guests. And then once you have guests booked, I mean, it's so easy to say, Hey, so-and-so we have so-and-so and Mm. and -and so-and-so booked. We'd love to have you on too. And then it just creates this buzz of, Oh, well this is the show to be on type thing. So, I mean, for us, it's, it's, it was more so for me, the realization of some of the people that were on that initial list of, you know, we started with local successful business owners and so on. And then they would refer someone and they'd refer someone. And it just became this community of people that wanted to share their experience and new people that wanted to share their experience. And it just, as I said, it just opened these doors that that connected us mm-hmm. with people that we never thought we'd have the opportunity to sit with. And it's just, it's so much easier in business to say, Hey Rivers, I'm doing a podcast. I'd love to sit down and pick your brain about business. Than, Hey Rivers, Mm. you have an hour to go for coffee and chat. It's like, no one has time for that. No one has time for coffee with you ever. You know, it's just not happening. It's it's 2017 and you got to think of creative ways to get in front of these business minds. And this was the way that we thought to do it. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from... Our amazing guests. Stay tuned.
1: Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs plus save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash mybusiness. Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business
0: Thank you to our sponsors, and we are back. Uh, I think... (laughs) It's so true, isn't it? I think that's so. I, this has been actually an interesting. Um, um, is, since in the, these this session of uh, of uh, of having these podcast interviews, and so on, interesting. This issue has come up three or four times about the power of podcasting, and you're just reinforcing that again. And the power of ultimately attracting cool, like-minded people who you want to connect with, and where that takes you. So, well, uh, the thing I always awesome.
2: the thing I always say too. I mean, we opened with. but the good old days you know like this like we are like I always say this and my friends laugh at me but the like at the Mm. we are at the curve of the future you know like this is the time mm. we've never been as connected as we have been in the past. Like this is the good old days, you know, like we're living it. So the, the, yeah. the power that podcasting has to connect with anyone in real time around the world, sharing ideas, like th- there's no borders with podcasting. There's no yes. language. Like it's, I mean, there's language, but you can connect with people anywhere in the world. And it's, yeah. it's there's yeah. never been a time like this. So I just think it's such a powerful tool to connect with like-minded people and you can find them online. You know, if I always say like, no matter what, whether good or bad, you can find a million people online that agree with what you're saying. So you just yeah, have to get in front yeah. of the right people, and and podcasting allows you to connect with people that you would have otherwise. Sorry, you would have otherwise never connected with.
0: Have you had? Uh, have, have you? Has, have you created? Long-term friendships, uh, business relationships with uh, with any of your guests.
2: We have, yeah. I mean, some of them were longtime friends previously. A couple of our guests, okay. But but some others I had never talked to before, and since then we've you know we've gone for dinners, we've uh, I've hung out with their families. I mean, it's it really is. You you you. Our podcast really focused and not so much on business, but really learning about them. Like what makes them tick, what gets them up in the morning, what's their day look like, what uh, you know, what what drives them, what's their why, and we really wanted to dig into that. So a lot of the stuff that our guests have told us, like one of the things that they, their takeaways is, is that it was more introspective than they thought. Like it was a lot of self-reflection mm-hmm. and kind of looking at the bigger picture, which a lot of the times, as I'm sure you know, when you're in business, you're you're so wrapped up and you're you're almost too in the moment that you're not you, you don't have that time to actually reflect on where you're trying to get to because you're just doing it consistently, you know? So I think for a lot of our guests, the feedback we've gotten from them is that they they love the um, the dynamic they like the discussion and how it wasn't just a regimented business discussion. It was similar to this where it was just a general fireside chat <laughs> yeah. where let's talk yeah. life, let's talk about what you're doing and and what are you doing that's working and what are you doing that isn't working, maybe someone, even if it's one person, can learn from that. And if one person yes. can learn from that and, and they implement something in their life and then maybe that mm-hmm. you know trickles out to other people. I mean you just never know what sort of reach you can have. you're just never voicing know. voicing yeah. your opinion.
0: You never know. So from your reflection is uh, time, we, I, you know, you're just talking about how busy you are and how lively things are and you're a family man and so on. Yeah, it, is your podcast ha- how you spend your reflection time or are there other ways in which you kind of zone out and it's Paul time?
2: Yeah, for me, I'm a big uh, yoga person. I, I'm meditation. Cool. I do a lot of that. I mean, I, honestly, that was one of the biggest changes in my life I've made since becoming an entrepreneur is I've become a lot more... Um, uh, intuitive, I guess. I've been more connected uh-huh. to myself. And I, I mean, some uh-huh. people see that as selfish, but honestly, the, the, the positive effect it's had on everyone and everything around me mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. most selfless way that I could act, you know? So, course, um, so, I mean, I think it's a complete opposite. And I think a lot of people see that when they it think is. about self-reflection, yeah. they think it's selfish, right? Like, oh, well, I can't, if I focus on myself that long, then, you know, I'm being selfish, but it's a complete opposite. The, the more you can focus on, on what you need and what your aspirations are and where you want to get to, it allows you to understand what other people are going through and allows you to connect easier with people and then you can help sure. each other achieve those goals. Right. So, sure. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. one because of because
0: you got the energy, you got the energy for it also because you're looking after yourself. If you're, if you're exhausting yourself by serving others all the time, then you're just, you're going to run out of energy. You got to fill yourself up. Being selfish is a good thing in my opinion.
2: No, that's a great way to put it. And fill yourself up is exactly it. You know, finding, and I, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of briefly touched on, um, referral and, and how we wanted to connect with younger entrepreneurs and things like that. And, you know, I have a 10 year old son, I have three children, so I have a 10 year old okay, son as cool. well. Yep. And, you know, he's always asking about, he's got that entrepreneurial spirit. I can tell from a young age, he, you know, he's heard mm-hmm. my story. He's kind of seen the transition from a young age and, and, you know, he's got his own comic book club now that he's started, you know, and things like that. So, nice. so he's kind of nice. got that mindset, but you know, when I, when I think about, um, (laughs) some of the ways that he looks at, at business and life, like his outlook on things is totally different than what mine would have been when I was 10 years old. And you're starting to see this transition now where where kids are aware of the fact that as long as you can Mm -hmm. find something, and this is what I, the advice I give to them is, you know, find something that you love doing. Something that, as you said, fills you up, you know, something that makes you feel excited and, and worried, maybe even at the same time. Um, and, and, And find a way to make money doing that, you know, become really good at it, make it your expertise where nobody else can do it quite like you and then find a way to monetize it. And that's really if you can figure that out at a young age and you can build that niche between, you know, 10 and 15 or 20 and then you have five to 10 years head start on everyone else because you're so efficient, so good at this one thing that you're able to do that you can actually monetize it and no one else will be able to to. Come close to you because it's so unique and such a such a uh, a personalized craft, right? Which I think right. comes from that introspective and and that self reflection. I'm actually reading an interesting book right now called the the War of Art, not the Art of War, because I know everyone gets that okay. confused. But it's called the War yep. of Art. It's by Stephen Pressfield, and and he talks about how for artists, it's all about artists and entrepreneurs and and how you hit these roadblocks. And he talks a lot about resistance, people having resistance. And he said, you know, for an artist, and I find that's a lot for people trying to start their own business, is that they hit this resistance. And I hit it myself with friends, family members, people saying early on when I talked about starting my own mortgage company, oh, you, that's crazy. What are you thinking? You have children, you know, yeah. you have a salary, job, <laughs> pension, da, da, all these things, right? And there's all this resistance that you face. And it's almost like yes. the the more fear you have of that resistance, is it that's telling you, that's almost guiding you. This is what you need yeah. to be doing. You want to feel that scared like excited feeling that's that is your why that's that's pushing you towards your why you know so you Uh, want to kind of find those early on and then and then creatively think of a way to monetize it and and live through that
0: so i'm going to use that and, and and this isn't the final question i have for you but i'm going to use that as the final piece of advice that Paul Stevenson is going to give you today, but we're going to continue on chatting because the question is going to come up in the conversation. What's the final piece of advice you give it? And dude, you couldn't have said it any better right there. So uh, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm just going to leave that question alone <laughs> sure. and say that it's already been answered. <laughs> sure. By the way, if you're, uh, you're obviously a, a reader um, just in, uh, in listening to you about meditation and yoga. And so on another goodie uh, and is one that you might want to take a look at. I sure have. And it's, it's it's exponentially impacted my life lately. And I'm saying within the last six weeks, it's called the Surrender Experiment. I don't okay. know if you've ever heard of it. I haven't. It is, yeah, you, you, as soon as you start to read it, you will understand exactly why I'm recommending it to you. And the, let's me tell you, the universe is talking to you now. So that's it's great. Not Rivers Core. Yeah. So let's get into uh, motivational speak. I mean, really, you've had an amazing career. Uh, how old are you now?
2: I'm 33. Yeah, I'm turning 34 okay, 33.
0: this year. So, so, so in the last four years, five years, uh, thir- four years, uh, you've, uh, you have really have done amazing things, including getting into motivational speaking. So can you tell us, you know, amongst all the other things that you're doing, what, what brought you into that? And, and what's kind of a main message that you're delivering to
2: your audience? No, that's a great question. I mean, for me, I never saw it as, as a thing, you know, like a quote unquote thing that motivational speaking. I mean, it's, it's kind of become like a movement now. Everyone's going to these motivational talks and this and that, but I never really saw it as that. I, I really was, I was asked to speak once and, and basically tell my story of, of having my daughter young and, you know, having three different, three children with three different women and all this, all these conflict that I dealt with uh, previous mm. to starting my own company. Um, you know, and since then other people heard my story, they asked me to share it. And then, you know, one of the, the I guess the main messages was for people to to stop analyzing, you know, and to search interna- internally for that. Why? <laughs> because really yeah. like for me, I, I, I don't even go <laughs> there really to, as you said, motivate. It was more so just to kind of give some people almost like a, shake cuz I know people are dealing with the same thing I was dealing with when I was at TD that sure. numb feeling and and you mm-hmm. know a lot of the people that are coming to these to these talks they want to hear real stories of people that have yeah. been in that hole and climb themselves out of it. And I, I mean, for me, when I was at TD, you know, I was 260 pounds. I'm now, you know, maybe 195, 200. Um, right. I was I was extremely out of shape. I was eating like crap. Uh, my finances were all out of whack. I was miserable. My relationship with my kids was was kind of here, but not here. Like it was just, there was a lot of things that were just so misaligned in my life. And now, yeah. you know, now that I'm able to manage my time and I'm able to- This is a glowing report, by the way, for working at TD. <laughs> oh, no, well, you know what? <laughs> That's hilarious. But... And
0: it's not their fault, by no, the way. No, it's not. They are actually you put a great their... employer. It's just, for yeah. me, it wasn't- You put yourself in that position, and it was the wrong position for you to be in.
2: That's right. And, and I mean, yeah. really, at the end of the day, I think that the industry that we're in now is- it's, It was perfect timing because mm-hmm. people are becoming- People are educating themselves, and they are becoming more aware of the options. And really, at the end of the day, going to a broker is- is by far the best option for any client because, you know, we work with the client. We are not uh, the, right. the bank or any of the banks who, when you go in there, I mean, they they have shareholders. They're looking out for their bottom line no matter what. Right. And right. for us, right. we we are working with the client. We are compensated from the banks when we bring them uh, clients. So for us, the client doesn't pay anything and we are basically experts in the industry. So they come to us and we work directly side by side with them to work with the banks. And because of that, the banks know that they're competing with 39 other lenders. and. Right. They're not going right. to. They're not going to keep their rates, or they're not going to. They're not going to really care about that extra, you know, point one or point two. They're going to give the lowest rate rate right from the get go because they want to win that mm. business, and they know that it's mm. it creates a competitive market and a better market for the client uh, to get the best option available, as opposed to going to the bank, where, as I said, you're you're somewhat pigeonholed and you only have one option. It's like going to to Dairy Queen and or to you know anywhere to to shop as drug mart and asking for uh, a product that they just don't offer. I mean, it's in, it's impossible. They don't even know. A lot of the employees don't even know what else is yeah. out there? I know, you know, when I worked yeah. there, there was a stigma around brokering that, you know, they were sleazy and that the rates were high and this, and that, but it's just, it's just not the case. You know, it's like anything there's, right. the, you don't know what you don't know. And once you're out there, you you learn it and then you realize how important it is for everyone to have that knowledge because there's so many people that are kind of in the dark and, and it's our job to create that light where they can actually be educated and, and learn from our experience.
0: Um, you, um, uh you talk a lot about the uh, the relationship with your with your clients which is critically important but you've got 3940 banks that you also have a relationship with and let's face it without them you wouldn't be able to service your your clients so can you talk to us about one the importance of of uh, of respecting your suppliers and two how do you nurture the relationships with the with those banks
2: yeah. So for us, it is a lot of it is relationship building. The commercial side, the relationships are a bit more complex because there's a lot more moving parts in those. But with the residential business, I mean, coming from a lot of the people on our team do come from a banking background. So we really know kind of the, the language and the, we, we know exactly what, information, like we're, we're talking the same language, right? So we were able to have very transparent discussions with them, uh, give them real, real life stories and say, this is what the client's situation is. How can we help them as opposed to trying to sweep stuff under the rug? Like we can be very candid, which is nice. And I find the relationship with our lenders. I mean, we have stronger relationships with some than others, but again, it's just based on, it's the nature of the business. There's going to be some lenders that have better products than others mm-hmm. uh, that are better mm-hmm. suited for clients, more flexible options, et cetera, allows them to move instead of, you know, being stuck with the lender for 10, 20 years. So there's just a lot of features that some specific lenders have that others don't. And that obviously our relationship with them is stronger. But, you know, sure. a lot. Of, one thing that a lot of people don't know is there's a lot of what are called uh, monoline. I mean, they've changed the name, but they're, they're called monoline lenders. And they're basically... They're, they're large financing companies, but they only deal with mortgages. So they don't offer checking accounts, visas, lines of credit, that sort of thing, which allows them to keep their rates lower. They have less overhead. Um, you know, a lot of them don't have storefronts, but they have very complex and very intuitive online tools so that clients can actually log in, manage their own payments. They can change their frequency. They can increase their payments, make lump sum payments. I mean, everything that you would expect from an online bank, but most of the banks that offer mortgages don't have that sort of option yet. So they're, they're, they're a little behind. So (laughs) these online lenders sometimes are seen again, they're, they're seen as, Oh, I I don't know who this bank is like, you know, street capital MCAP. Uh, There's a lot of these larger online lenders that, that, they solely deal with mortgages and that allows them to be a lot more flexible. And for us, our relationships are sometimes stronger with those lenders because they, they get it. They get the business. They're not worrying about all right. the other uh, overhead or the shareholders. You know, They're really just focused on making sure the client has a great experience and yeah. that, that we're comfortable working with them in the future as well.
0: Yeah, the basics of business—it's all a the dating game, isn't it? Making it is, sure yeah. everybody's comfortable in that relationship. Well, Paul, uh, this has been just an incredible, incredible uh, a journey and a conversation that's gone in twenty different directions. But I think we've ultimately come back to that you're doing epic work, man, and you should be proud of what you've done, the stories you're telling, what your kids are doing, uh, and are you, which I mean, in the sense of uh, what you're teaching them, uh, and now what you have just taught a national audience. Um, So we know how to get a hold of referralmortgages.com. How do we find Growcast?
2: Uh, Growcast is just growcast.ca. So really straightforward. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube as well. So our most recent episodes, we brought in videos. So one thing we really realized is that the online... You know, community is really transitioning over to video way more. So we have a couple, mm. a couple live video uh, things that we're doing now. But with Growcast, YouTube was the biggest thing. We brought on a full audio video team, uh, Waterbridge Media here, based out of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Amazing team. Mm-hmm. They work with uh, Ericsson and some larger organizations, and they do great work. And they've come in and they've done all our audio and video, and the quality is is nice. incredible. You know, so yeah. So having a team yeah. like that, I mean, our team is just getting stronger, and and as we grow, uh, that'll only get better. So Growcast.ca is the website. Website That was just uh, redeveloped through Relay Designs, which again is another local organization here in Ottawa. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's the easiest way to find that. The Orleans Power Team, we do have a website, but it's under, we're kind of rebuilding it right now. But uh, we're on Facebook as well, Twitter, everywhere else.
0: Yeah, it's it's um it's uh, just a a, a, a self focused story which I'm very kind I'm very uh, into actually talking about because it's okay to be selfish. Um, we're actually talking about taking the Startup Canada podcast show and bringing it more into the video realm besides just audio. So uh, I'm 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 pleased to hear that that has taken your podcast show to the next level for you, for your your experience, but also your guest experience. So we're we're the right thing.
2: And one thing I would cool. recommend. One thing I would recommend too, for anyone, I mean, I've given you a very macro level of my story, but I mean, to hear the full story, I also did the most recent, you're talking about motivational speaking, but the most recent talk I did was through an organization called Man Talks, which I'm not sure if you've heard of or not, but. uh, No,
0: no, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So, so Man Man Talks. Talks.
2: So if you just searched Paul Stevenson Man Talks on YouTube, that there's actually a full, uh, a full talk that I did there on my story. So. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, just Instead of a TEDx talk, it's a man talk. That's it. Exactly. Very cool. Well, Paul, look, thank you
0: so much for your time, sir. Uh, we could go on for hours, I'm sure. But uh, like any uh, entrepreneur, we've got an attention span that's a little less than 40 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to uh, say thank you so much for your time. Keep on happening and, uh, and uh, look forward to chatting again soon.
2: For sure. Can I leave one piece of advice for, for young well, entrepreneurs? Because I know that was one of thing course. you, you kind of want to leave on. Yep. I would say for myself, one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn early on was that there, there really is absolutely no shortcuts you know I was always looking for Mm. uh, shortcuts or for me shortcuts are created through kind of consistent action right and you know you people are expecting to kind of build a business and go from 1 to 100 whereas or sorry from 1 to 40 with a shortcut but you know that consistency Mm. and and doing the same things and actually finding you know showing up setting a plan with a defined goal and just following it that will create a shortcut from maybe, you know, 18 to 20, you won't go from one to 40, but you'll get that little boost where it keeps you motivated, you know? So I think Mm. if there's one takeaway, I would say from a lesson that I've learned, it's, it's really that there is no shortcuts and you have to be consistent. You have to get up early, you know, you have to create your plan and you have to follow it. And that's sometimes the hardest thing is, is actually following the plan, you know, but that would be my, my one takeaway for young entrepreneurs is there's no shortcuts. You got to wake up, you got to do the work and, uh, and it'll pay off a hundred percent.
0: I'm glad you uh, you didn't end the conversation when I was saying thank you to, so to make sure that we got that uh, that reference point and that, that, another gold nugget. So, so hang out with this guy, guys, uh, and gals across the country. Paul Stevenson, thank you much again for your time today, sir.
2: No problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on,
0: Rivers. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help help you run your business want access to more awesome entrepreneur content visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school which you can catch every monday wednesday and friday at 12 p.m eastern till next week i'm rivers corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode the lineation line here we're talking about uh, vote protection not necessarily you've got to be scared all the time
3: no no absolutely and uh, you know it's a perfect segue um, you know as, as far as as far as we're concerned there absolutely are things that you can do to protect yourself as with anything, it takes some effort to do that though, and it takes right. you know, obviously some knowledge. And that's really, you know, you, uh, you know, great that you're having a session like this. So, you know, if there are hopefully some nuggets that your listeners are not aware of, and if it helps them, uh, you know, that's that's made it all worthwhile. Um, so, right. I, I've got you know a range of best practices, and this is where to kind of get your pen out, um, yeah, you know, that, I, that I want to that I want to go through. Now, interestingly, and I'll I'll mention, first of all, I'll mention one quick thing. One of the things, you know, that in the industry uh, often gets a negative reaction is something called PCI. So PCI stands for uh, it stands for many things, but it stands for the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standards. So these were standards that were developed by the card industry collectively starting in the late 90s, or, you know, around 2000, and they're constantly being updated. And admittedly, they started off as a way to, you know, help ensure or protect uh, payment card data, but quite frankly, these are ISO based standards, security standards, and they contain the same measures that you know, any small business person or even large business needs to protect themselves from hackers generally, right? So, so this right. was actually uh, you know, foreshadowing for problems that would come down the line. And, and doing these things actually is going to still help everybody.